Please pray with me. Father, thank You for reminding us over and over and over again of oh, how You love us. Because the truth is, oftentimes we don't feel very lovable. Father, through life, we don't love ourselves. We don't love our neighbors. We don't love You the way we should. And, and yet You come and You remind us through Your Word and through Your Spirit and through creation of oh, how our God loves us. And when we wonder if it's true, would You fix our eyes on Your Son Jesus? May we, may we see Him hanging on that cross. May we see His blood being shed for our sins and our deformity and our depravity. May we see His life ebb away. And we, may we hear, oh, how He loves us. Father, would You take us to a tomb that is empty, that has defeated death. And when, may we hear echoing in our beings and our souls, oh, how He loves us. And Father, because You love us and we are Yours, would You send Your Spirit into this room and through the preaching of your, uh, your Word, would You open up our ears to hear the great truth of oh, how He loves us. And Father, in the midst of our suffering, would You scream to us, through the pain, oh, how you love us. Father, would you receive glory? Would we receive joy? We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. As you find your seats, turn me in your Bibles to Colossians 1.24. Uh, we're going to start there. Um, we will definitely be in the Word today, skipping around to a couple different verses, so uh, be ready to do that. Uh, the Word should appear on the screen if you didn't bring your Bible. Uh, but today we finish, we conclude a four-week series that we've done together, uh, today being the last one, the Gospel according to us or the Gospel according to the USA. And really, it's been my hope and prayer through these four weeks to see how sometimes uh, the American dream collides with the reality of God's Word. I mean, sometimes the American uh, dream is in complete juxtaposition with what God has for us called the Gospel of Grace. And my hope and prayer is that through this series and this morning, that God would open our eyes to the truth that is. That we would be able to see that there's probably ways that we have been tainted or maybe this dream, this American dream has led us astray. And as I've tried to say each week, I'm so proud of this country. I'm so grateful to have the freedom to come and worship and the, the freedom to raise my family in the way that we have. The freedom to live in this great country. But with every blessing, we got to look, is, is there some cost to it? Are we seeing the gospel clearly? So let's look to God's Word. We're going to start with an unusual passage, uh, picking up on suffering. That's our, our title for today, is that the Gospel of Jesus Christ frees us. And oh, how it frees us. And if you are here today, and you are a child of God, you know what I mean. 
You know what it means to have your sins be paid for. You know what it means, the joy that comes that we have now right standing with Christ. If you are a child of the King, you know the amazing joy that Scripture tells us that sinners like us, that there's no condemnation for our sins in Christ Jesus, that we truly have been made free in Christ. Praise God. At the same time, the American dream sometimes tells us that we are freed from suffering. But the Gospel seems to have something quite different for us. That we're actually not freed from suffering. We are free to suffer. Let's listen to these words of Paul out of Colossians 1, verse 24. We'll expound them a little bit more through the service, but amazing words. Paul writes to the church at Colossae. Let's be mindful of God's holy and errant word here. Now I rejoice, Paul says, in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh... I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of His body, that is, the church. Again, let's pray. Father God, just a passage like that, we need Your wisdom. What in the world does it mean that we may be called to fill up that which is lacking in Christ's sufferings. Father, this seems incongruent to many things that we know and believe about Christ's sufferings. This seems problematic. Certainly problematic to an American dream that tells us that we're freed from suffering. So Father, come and be teacher. Come and be comforter. Come and be Father. Come. Speak. We're listening. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. I never sit down and turn on the TV to turn on a preacher on TV. There's not one that I will actually turn on to uh, to say, oh, I know they're going to be on Tuesdays at 8 or something like that. So there's not one that I actually will sit down to turn on to. But if I am actually spinning the dial, I, I guess I just actually dated myself, didn't we? We don't spin the dial. Um, remember those days? Usually your dad said, hey, hey, get up and change the channel. I mean, we were the remote controls of our household, you know? So... Now, I don't ask my kids to do that. I just can spin the dial with a finger. Isn't it great? But when I spin through uh, the 4,000 channels that are provided for us uh, via TV, and I come across a TV preacher, i got to tell you the truth, I have to stop. And, and I stop for just a few minutes most of the time. I don't think ra- rarely, very, very rarely do I ever sit down and listen to the whole thing. But I stop, and I stop, and... If I'm honest with you, I stop with a little bit of a discerning spirit. Okay, I stop with a little bit of a critical spirit. Okay, I'm judgmental, all right? I just, just get it right out. And so 
I stop and I've been trained as a Presbyterian minister to be this kind of man. We want to discern the truth. We want to be noble Bereans. We want to hear what's being preached. And I got to tell you, a lot of my sin is exposed because just when I look at him, I immediately start judging, 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 just like you are today. He's in jeans today. Is he wearing jeans? What's up with that guy? I mean, has he put on weight? What's going on here? So I'm doing the same thing. I finally have the opportunity to do what you do every Sunday. And I'm just going to kind of start discerning. And this last week, uh, I was spinning the dial. And all of a sudden, wow, there's a preacher. And I stopped to listen to what she had to say. And she was talking about the benefits that we have in Christ. And certainly that's something that all of us as followers of Christ, and if you're here examining, if you want to be called to be a follower of Christ, uh, 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 you should have interest as well. I'm assuming if you're here, there's some interest in that. And so she was expounding about these great blessings of being a follower of Christ. And, and she was saying that in Christ Jesus, we have power and we have victory and we have victory over sin and that we have victory over trials and that we have victory over suffering and that we have all this victory and that we literally can put our feet on the suffering. We put our feet on the trials and because of who we are in Christ Jesus, we crush them. I thought, hmm. Is that really the message of God's Word? I mean, certainly we have victory in Christ Jesus, and certainly there's amazing blessings uh, being set free because of the blood of the Lamb. Certainly there's amazing blessings being robed in Christ's righteousness. Certainly there are amazing blessings being called co-heirs with Christ Jesus. Certainly there are many life-given blessings in Christ Jesus. But is it in such a way that we are now filled with a spirit to trample on suffering, to trample on brokenness, to trample on sin, that we have this great victory and somehow that we're disobedient or somehow our lives aren't holy enough if there is suffering in our lives. And somehow if we suffer, we're outside of the will of God. Or somehow if we suffer, we haven't tapped into significantly God's power in the gospel. And I dare to say that she was preaching an Americanized dream of the gospel. Because I believe through a close examination of God's word that we will realize that suffering is a part of The God-soaked life. That suffering is a part of what God has for His church. As a matter of fact, Scripture is so amazing about suffering. It says in Philippians 1.29 that it has been granted to us not only to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and there's some great theology there telling us that if we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is only by His grace and mercy that God has given us graciously the faith to even respond to Jesus Christ. But according to Philippians 1.29, it's also been granted to us as a gift, as a grace of God to suffer for Him. And when we read the Bible and ask the Holy Spirit to bring to light, we may seem to hear around us this Americanized dream version of the Gospel that tells us if we're right with Christ, we don't suffer. By the way, anybody been suffering here lately? 
Anybody going through some tough stuff? I mean, by the way, is there, is there anybody who's just like really struggling, maybe economically, maybe health-wise, maybe relationship-wise? Is there anybody who's, hey, is there anybody here who's not suffering? <laughs> I mean, is there anybody here whose life is so hunky-dory, so unbelievably good that you're just here just praising God, saying, I don't know about this heart of worship stuff, man. My whole life is just all about worship. And if you're here, let me just tell you, Put yourself in a box or something, because I don't know. I mean, I wish you could take a picture of that, because I know life well enough to know that you live it and you go around this crazy world that there's going to be suffering. But the gospel tells us that the God-soaked life is supposed to have suffering. The gospel, unlike the American dream that provides a life that they say freed from suffering, telling us that's the good life, here's the gospel. The gospel provides us a redeemed life free to suffer. It's interesting. You read the Bible closely and critically and you'll want to see some patterns emerge. and You want to see how this unchanging God acts with sinful people to redeem them and rescue them. We will see that God's pattern for His people throughout Scripture. Listen, God's pattern for His people throughout Scripture is this, is that to be freed from slavery, like the Egyptians, let's go there, to be freed from slavery so that they now may enter into suffering. The wilderness of suffering before heading to the promised land. A close examination of redemptive history will reveal to us that God's pattern for His people is to set them free and set them free so that they will be made alive in Christ, but so that they will be able to be in the crucible of suffering on the way home. Why? Well, we're going to talk about that. Why would God allow that to happen? But we certainly see that that's true for the nation of Israel. We certainly see that for God's unique Son, His only begotten Son, His eternal Son, Jesus, the Word made flesh, that He too had a pattern lived out in His life. That He came to suffer before He entered in to glory. What will make sense of suffering to us in the Gospel of Jesus Christ is this. The Gospel of Jesus Christ frees us. And listen, you got to hear this. you got to hear this because the world out there is suffering just like us. But there's an amazing distinction with our sufferings in Christ Jesus. And here it is. If in Christ we suffer, we don't have to suffer in futility. That our suffering isn't just random. It isn't just stupid. It isn't just life-taking, life-sucking out of us. I mean, suffering isn't just something we got to grit, grit our teeth and bear it until we get home. I mean, suffering isn't just this terrible lot in life. Did you know this? That God uses suffering for a reason. Listen, if God is God and, and God is in control and God is sovereign. Do you know that there's never any there's never any random suffering ever? It's just not random. And oh how it feels random sometimes. And oh how it feels that God is absent sometimes. But there is a God. He is good. He is in control. He is faithful. It is never random. And here's the beautiful thing. It's never futile. It's never futile. God uses it He's provided us a pattern, a pattern for his children of suffering to glory. It was the same for the only begotten son, Jesus. It'll be the same for the adopted sons and daughters as well. This, 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 
this television preacher, she, she really was, was on something very, very important for us. She was talking about the blessings that Christ shares with us. And, and we must also kind of remind ourselves, reorient ourselves to that reality as well. But we can't just stay with that one reality. We have to see the entire reality. Here's what I'm trying to say. I mean, in Christ Jesus, are you ready for this? In Christ Jesus, according to Ephesians 1, 3, in Christ Jesus, what does that mean? Those who have given their life to Christ, those who have found new life in Christ, in Christ Jesus, all of the spiritual blessings and the heavenly realms are ours in Christ Jesus. Did you hear what I just said? Not some of the uh, heavenly blessings, not just part of the heavenly blessings, but in Christ Jesus, for those of us by God's grace who have been made new, for those of us who have been washed, for those of us unbelievably who have been adopted, that's every one of us who have faith, we have all of the spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus and the heavenly realms. That is so great. I don't even know what it means. I got to tell you, I don't. I know there's adoption in there. I know there's forgiveness in there. I know that according to God's word, he's calling me to reign and rule in you too with Christ Jesus someday. That every blessing in Christ is ours. But there's more. If the story of the Bible was that and that alone, we wouldn't understand suffering. And if the story is that and that alone, that's what we should be preaching. But that's not the whole story. That Jesus shares with us amazing things as he shared with us humanity. And he shares with us divine blessings. He also shares with us. Listen, Jesus shares with us. He shares it. Sufferings. As he suffered, we suffer. And he gives us the privilege of suffering too. The part of the gospel story that the American dream often misses is this. Gracious God our Father, through Jesus Christ His Son, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is going to give us a gift. And the gift of knowing and loving and being with Him includes the gift of suffering. And I said, well, yeah, yeah, can, I, can I just take that back? No, thank you. Let's look at uh, a little bit closer. God's power to free us from the futility of suffering through three ways. One is this. We're free, we're, we are freed through the futility, the futility of suffering because we will be perfected through suffering. Just like Jesus was perfected through suffering, we too are perfected through suffering. Some of you should be thinking right now in the Holy Spirit, did he just say that Jesus was perfected through suffering? Yes, more on that later. Through suffering, we become sympathetic. Through suffering, we become tenderized and sympathetic for one, to one another and to our Savior. And through suffering, just like Jesus, we learn obedience. Paul says something really kind of crazy. In Colossians 1.24, we read it. It says basically this. It says that Paul is in his flesh, in his body, is going to, for the sake of the church, he is going to fulfill, to fill up what is lacking in Christ's sufferings. Now, we got to kind of deal with this on a theological level, easy for me to say, theological level, uh, because wasn't Jesus' suffering sufficient? When Jesus said it's finished on the cross, what was he meaning? What does it mean that there are some uh, of Jesus' sufferings that aren't full? 
What's incomplete about the cross? What's incomplete about the work of Christ? Well, when it comes to salvation, let me tell you, nothing. Absolutely nothing. The cross is completely sufficient to wash away your grossest, most heinous sins. And if you're in Christ Jesus, it has. The cross has the power and the blood has the power to unite a holy God and sinful man. And it was completely sufficient when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. All of our sins, those of us who are his children, all of them, past, present, and future, has been completely paid. So what is incomplete about the cross of Christ? Nothing. So what does Paul mean when he tells us that we now as the church, or Paul and us, have the privilege of filling up that which is lacking in Christ's afflictions? It means this. That God, when He was here on earth as His Son and man in Jesus, He suffered. It was His time to suffer on earth. And as the head of the body, as the head of the church, He suffered here and entered into this glory. And now He says, if you're united with Me, the world's going to hate you and you will suffer as I have suffered. And now it is our turn as we make our way home, as we have this mystical, amazing relationship with Christ Jesus, as Jesus and and the church are now one in the Father's eyes. We are the body of the, the church. We are the body of Christ here on earth. And so we have the privilege of suffering now for His name. We have the privilege of filling up that which is lacking in redemptive history. The suffering that Jesus suffers now, He suffers through us. Isn't that amazing? And He suffers through us. Scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians 12 that if one part of the body suffers, all the body suffers. Listen, I want you to know about this a lot, this amazing, loving God. I want you to know that He lives to intercede for His church. Jesus lives to intercede for His church to pray for us. The Holy Spirit groans for us. And when we suffer, listen, when we suffer, our God suffers too. We suffer in His name for His glory. He's now been set free of earthly suffering except through His body. So what was complete? I love Hebrews 10.14. One of my favorite passages you hear a lot from me. It says this, For through one sacrifice, Christ's sacrifice on the cross, through one sacrifice, God has made forever perfect. Okay, think about you if you're a Christian. Through one sacrifice on the cross, God has made, it's completed perfect tense, He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Man, what a paradox. What a paradox. There we see the completed work of Christ Jesus. He suffered completely for us. We have been made perfect in Christ, but we are being made holy. Unbelievably, it says that Jesus was perfected through His sufferings. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews 2. We're going to be in Hebrews for a couple passages. Hebrews 2, verse 10. An amazing passage. Our, listen, our suffering, I want you to think about this too. Our suffering is not in vain. Our suffering is united to Christ. I want you to think about this as, as, it, as our union with Christ. As Christ has suffered, we have suffered. And the writer of Hebrews tells us something amazing about Christ's sufferings. Look at Hebrews 2.10. It says this. For it was fitting... And how can anything be fitting for God? But it was fitting that He, 
for whom and by whom all things exist. I mean, this is Jesus, the creator, the sustainer, the provider. It was fitting for him. And bringing many sons to glory. So this is a part of our adoption and of bringing us into adoption and into glory. That he should make the founder or the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Perfect through suffering. You see, the perfect plan of the gospel includes suffering. It did for Jesus. You want to say, wait, wait, I thought that Jesus was perfect. I mean, what's that virgin birth thing? Didn't he have to start perfect? And what's this sinless life thing? Didn't he have to live perfect? I mean, what's this spotless Lamb of God thing? Didn't he have to die perfect? So how in the world can God's Word say Jesus was perfected through suffering? Well, Jesus fulfilled Scripture. Isaiah was right. There would be a suffering servant. And it would include suffering. That Jesus would have to come and to be perfected. To be the sacrifice that God intended Him to be. He had to be perfected through suffering. And oh, did He suffer. Not just the cross, not just the passion of Christ, but every day. That you and I, now God uses us as the body of Christ, the beautiful body that we, we too are perfected. The beauty of Christ is brought out in us. The aroma of Christ is brought out in us through suffering. You see, the way to the crown, the way to the crown is always via the cross. The way to the crown is always via the cross. Not only did Jesus be perfected through suffering, he also became sympathetic through what he suffered. Look at Hebrews 2.18. For because he himself has suffered when tempted... Because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He became sympathetic. I gotta tell you the truth. I, I thought I knew cancer. I mean, I've been around it a lot as a pastor. I've held hands of your loved ones as they passed into the glory who died of cancer. I've been told the stories, and I still pray for some of your grandchildren who are wrestling with cancer. I mean, it's over and over and over again. But I tell you, I didn't know cancer until my wife got cancer. Until those words hit our family. (laughs) Until you start to have that experience of that fear. Until you know that reality yourself. You really don't know it. I mean, you you can have an idea. But I tell you, for the fraternity of cancer and for those of us who have been in it or have loved ones right next to us in it, and it is a fraternity of cancer, it scares you to death. And you hear now that someone has cancer and I'm telling you there is a sympathy inside of you that you never had before. Because you say, I've been there. I've done that. At least my loved one has. Man, do I understand. Don't you love a God who would say, I'm not just going to watch your suffering. I'm not just going to stand as an observer of your suffering, but I'm going to put on flesh, and I'm going to walk the earth, and I'm going to experience suffering like no one else ever has. And not only that, I'm going to suffer alone on that cross. I will suffer the indignation and wrath of the Father so that we don't have to suffer ever alone. And ever without love of God the Father. 
We have a high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses. Why? Because he's been tempted. Because he's been here. Jesus has been here. He knows it. Find a religion that's going to offer you hope in a God who's so far and distant. Our God is near. Emmanuel, his name is Jesus. He suffered. He is sympathetic. So when you pray, it's not going to the ceiling to some big God who doesn't know. Jesus suffered so he can become sympathetic. And now we are united with him. It's been given us a, a gift of suffering as well. And listen, what, what the writer of Corinthians tells us, what God's word tells us is this, is we are one body. And as one body, when one part suffers, we all suffer. And I think you do that, Orangewood, marvelously well. When one part suffers, we all suffer. But our head has suffered for us. And lastly, Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. Listen to Hebrews 5.8. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Jesus learned. He learned. And he learned obedience, submitting to the Father through suffering. And oh, have I learned. Romans 8 tells us that suffering will come so that we rely on God. Can I tell you that your pastors learned obedience through suffering? Sometimes it's been this way. Sometimes it's been this. But every time he's brought me back to my knees and said, God, I understand more who you are. I understand that how insufficient I am and how much I need you. Cause me to be obedient. Cause me to walk in your light. I have such a problem with buying books that I bought a book at Cracker Barrel. (laughs) Who buys books at Cracker Barrel? They had a 75% off sale. I actually walked through the stuff at Cracker Barrel for 75 cents. Think I might find some. I did. It's a book um, of crosses called Crossing America. It's a book that says that uh, uh, these, these are our symbol. It's a symbol of America. Scripture tells us that as a child of God, you're to pick up your cross and follow Him. That really the picture of the gospel, the picture of suffering, is not these. It's you and me living and loving Jesus in the midst of suffering. Believing in God's goodness that He is perfecting us. He's making us sympathetic He's causing us to understand obedience. It's not futile that Jesus suffered too. And now, listen, not an Americanized dream gospel. The gospel that America needs is you and me picking up our cross, following Jesus and say, God, bring it on. Let they see the cross of Christ in my life that has set me free. Thomas Kempis says this, Jesus has many lovers of the heavenly kingdom, but few bearers of his cross. Are you a bearer of his cross? Wear it proudly. Know that your suffering for Christ is not in vain. Stephen Curtis Chapman's one of my favorite songwriters, and he's got a new album out that is amazing, a new CD. It really a, comes out of the pain in his own life, the suffering in his own life, when he lost a daughter that was run over by his son in their own driveway. And he had to wrestle with the fact of, God, how do I deal with that kind of suffering? How do, I, how do I make you work now in the equation of life that's so broken and such a mess? If you're suffering, let me encourage you. 
he wrote an album called Beauty Will Rise. It's amazing. And as our offering is collected, listen to the words of this song that our God is in control. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you that we don't have to suffer as the body of Christ here randomly without purpose. And Jesus, you've told us that the pattern home is a pattern that includes a cross. It includes suffering before we get to glory. It was good enough for your only begotten son. It's going to be good enough for us. So Father, the American dream lies to us. It tells us that we're set free from a life of suffering. But the gospel tells us the truth. We're set free, and oh, how we are freed, and oh, how we are blessed. But suffering will be a part of the way home. We thank you for the joy of having a partnership, a koinonia, a fellowship with the sufferings of Christ. And Father, thank you for the testimony of the men and women who've gone before us, who when tragedy hits, when suffering hits, they say, yeah, I know, it's unbelievable, but our God is in control. And God, bless us so we can be a blessing, I pray in Christ's name. Amen.